0: welcome to the Zwift SBS Cycling Podcast. Zwift is the app that turns indoor training into a game. Zwift is interval workouts, training plans and massive online group rides made fun because fun works and fun gets results. Fun is fast. Go to Zwift.com to try it today.
1: Bonjour, 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 and welcome to the Zwift Cycling Central podcast. Uh, before we start, let me remind you that you can uh, download, stream, or subscribe to our podcast on our website, sbs.com.au slash Central, or log a ride with our friends at Zwift. Uh, joining me, like pretty much every week, is Dave McKenzie. Dave, how are you? I'm pretty good, until I realized I've actually been joining you every
2: week. Is that for real?
1: It's pretty much Jeez. for real, every week since oh forever, when, is, is there
2: an end point to that, or? I don't know. Oh, uh, gee, uh, yeah. With the
1: price we're paying you, uh, come on.
2: Yeah. Okay, yeah, well, at another zero, mate. Yeah, if I'm spending every week with you. <laughs> no, it's good to be here. The sun is out. It's warm. How good is that? Summer's on the way.
1: You know what? Bad sign for Melbourne, because if it's not raining it the means, it's going to rain. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's the problem. Right. Uh, just a slight warning for today. We are going to talk cycling politics, because oh. we have Steve Drake with us from Cycling Australia. How are you, Steve? I'm all right. Thanks. I say, I say watch out because this is uh, going to be a very serious subject, but we try to make it as much fun as we can, or oh, I'll try anyway. Uh, cycling Australia is going through uh, reform, or it's trying to reform itself. Can you give us in a few words, uh, what does that mean for Cycling Australia? Sure, well, it's
0: not just Cycling Australia, it's, it's all of the cycling bodies in Australia. So it's the three NSOs, Cycling Australia, Mountain Bike Australia and BMX Australia, and then the various state and territory bodies, uh, under that, and the proposal that that's before members is to unify all that in a new organisation called Oz Cycling.
2: Steve, you, uh, I'll I'll preface uh, you're a cyclist, a very good cyclist, and I'll also preface we did race together a number of years ago. You came into your role as CEO, I guess I'll say really as passion uh, more than anything else. Was this on your mind before you got? The role, uh, as you knew, you were coming into the role. Were you looking at cycling as a whole, and I guess passionately, and from your your business expertise, that the sport needs to change, it needs reform, or did this sort of happen after a number of months in the role? Um, well, I I got involved when I
0: joined the board uh, at the start of 2017, and I joined with a view to helping address some of the issues that Cycling Australia had, and I suppose in the in the months after that, that's when the bigger picture of trying to um, reform the sport evolved.
1: If I can be the devil's advocate, why is the change needed and why now?
0: Look, I think that um, one of the things that uh, people don't want to admit in some, in some uh, areas is that operating a national sporting organization is a business. Um, And we need to operate as efficiently as possible if we're going to provide the best service to the members. And along with a number of other uh, Olympic sports like cycling is, you know, we we do play second fiddle to those professional sports uh, who have big TV deals and can use that to market to kids and to promote their activities. And so cycling doesn't matter which discipline it doesn't have the luxury of those big deals so it needs to be organized as efficiently as possible so we're not wasting money and we can spend all our time serving members as best as possible
1: but if i may say changing in an olympic year you know is it is it the worst of time is it the best of time does it even matter i don't think it matters because um
0: thankfully the high performance business is is in a separate division of cycling australia so we've been able to basically leave them alone to pursue their jobs and the the uh job of trying to do the
2: reorganization has sat elsewhere steve a couple of the i guess the points i've looked at everything and i've read the open letter from cycling australia which for me <laughs> a, a, a dummy in the politics i guess in some cases of cycling it, it made sense to me and then i thought okay i've got to play devil's advocate and look for the negatives or are there any negatives out of this? But one thing I guess that has bugged me that is unanswered in my own mind, it was about four or five years ago when Cycling Australia was in a bit of trouble. Um, it had been sort of managed badly, I think, to put it mildly. Hmm. And I'm not sure of the exact figure, but there were a figure flown around was about $2 million in debt. And then my understanding is that I think the Sports Commission, along with a couple of the states, Uh, loaned money to cycling australia this was before your time i'll say but what has happened there and what has happened since and where is that where is that sort of that loan at um because if the reform is going to happen it's been promised by the sports commission that they'll tip in 2.4 million which i guess is a good thing yeah
0: so yeah we don't try to um you know, shy away from the fact that there were some mistakes made in the past, uh, back uh, in 2014 and before, uh, there was a situation where Cycling Australia um, went is, into some, some uh, poorly advised business deals and lost a, a, a significant amount of money and, and did need to be uh, to be bailed out by, uh, by the Sports Commission and a loan from some of our state bodies. Um, at that time, or, or after that, the, the board was completely changed, and since then, uh, the management has completely changed, and, and Cycling Australia has traded profitably uh, in each of the five years since. You know, I think that some some people have said, you know, oh, this is this proposal is purely about fixing. Uh, the Cycling Australia balance sheet, and I would say, no, it isn't. But it's definitely a benefit of doing that. I think that one of the the key things that that I've learnt listening to a lot of members and, and so forth over over the period that I've been in this role and, and before that when I was on the board is it's important to distinguish between symptoms and the underlying disease. And you know, when I hear uh, comments that might be negative about Cycling Australia or, or whatever, they're often about symptoms that result from an underlying disease and one of, the under, one of those underlying diseases is that you've had the uh, national body undercapitalised for five years. Um, and so definitely having a properly capitalised uh, company that can, can you know, administer the sport is one of the benefits of this proposal.
1: You've been on a road show uh, all around the country. Uh, what are you hearing on the ground from the members, from the the, the people that have got a license, the people that are you know affected by this uh, with their hard-earned dollars and are going to spend as a licensee? What do you hear on the ground?
0: Oh, look, we get a a, a very diverse range of feedback. Um, some of the issues that we're trying to solve, the structural ones, are largely invisible to members thankfully they, they don't see some of the inefficiency they might see some of the results of that but some of the feedback has been you know particularly when it comes to having one license that you can you can ride all the different disciplines uh, where at the moment you, you might need three if you want to ride BMX mountain bike and, and a road bike they say that's great um, you know when people fully understand that there are 19 separate legal entities in, in the system, they go, oh, I don't really understand why that is. That sounds pretty wasteful. This seems a logical um, proposition. Of course, there are some people who, who um, are, are concerned with change and want to make sure that the good things that the system is currently doing are preserved. And that's important too. So we need to listen to those people.
2: And what about from I guess for individuals, and I guess when you look at each state individually, they have an office, they have staff. Are some of those staff, I guess nervous thinking, well, I might lose my job here, I like my job. Uh, so what happens there? if if this goes through, let's let's say per se there's five hundred people working yep. across the country. Does it shrink? Does it grow, or, or what happens? Yeah. So the the
0: number at the moment, excluding high performance, is about eighty across the system. Uh, and what we've said is that each of the people who are currently employed by any of the nineteen entities uh, will be offered a role. The only exception to that is the three CEOs of the of the national bodies, because we think it's appropriate that um, that that a new CEO comes in to lead what will be a new entity, um, and that it's you know. In my case, I don't think it's appropriate for the CEO of CA to be the CEO of of Cycling.
2: So you'll step down if it goes through. Yeah.
0: Um, But, you know, from where I think there's an important difference is that this proposal will let the employees of of the new entity focus on the things that they're good at, which is generally um, looking after members. one of, again, one of the disadvantages of the current system is that we're effectively organised as 19 separate small businesses, and that means, uh, you know, you might have say seven employees in in one particular state, and that means your your current uh, person might have to deal with a board, as well as organising a. a an open race or something like that, and that person might be great at organising an open race and not much good at dealing with a board. And we can strip away that stuff because it's really not needed. You know, it's the the turnover of this system with nineteen companies, including high performance, is about twenty eight million bucks. And there's over there's nineteen boards and there's over a hundred directors. Now, <laughs> it BHP, does sound like a lot. <laughs> BHP has one board. Yeah. With nine directors, and how much
2: do they turn over? Oh. <laughs> billions and billions. I don't know. Yeah, well, I mean, that's the, yeah, that's putting it in layman terms, isn't yeah. it? Um, I understand you've got BMX and mountain bike on board. They're into this proposal. Yep. Absolutely. Who's pushing back? And who do you hope to, I guess, convince between now and because voting starts soon?
0: Oh look, in in any process of change, there'll be people who 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 jump on board and others who who take longer to, to convince i think that um, you know in the majority of states we've we've seen a great response i suppose the two states where um, the resistance has been greatest have been new south wales and tasmania both on the road and track side
2: and why why do you think that is it is it cultural does it you know cycling's an old sport isn't it? It's a very old sport. We sort of forget that sometimes because we're going through this new sort of uh, popularity phase. So is that just historical, or or what is it?
0: Oh, look. I think when you when you all when you boil it down, uh, some of it is is a lack of trust in in CA, um, and the important thing to note is that. The proposal is not a takeover by CA. There'll be a completely new board which is comprised of um, representatives from each of mountain bike, um, road and track and BMX. And there'll be a new CEO. Um, So I I think that's an important distinction. And it's hard to say because definitely change is difficult and and maybe it is just a, a desire to preserve the current status and a, and a view that, um, that the change isn't necessary. But, but again, what I would argue is that across the country, we've got a, a very passionate group of employees and, and uh, volunteers who are doing the best job they can within the constraints that the system uh, puts on them. But I think we can do better, and and what often this relates to is there's a bunch of services that this system just can't provide, largely because of structural limitations. And, and I'll give you a great example, um, and that's advocacy across the the system. Those 19 entities, there's only one person he's based in WA who has any sort of real full time advocacy role, but. And what I mean about advocacy is not necessarily um, safety-related advocacy because a lot of the participation bodies already do a great job there. But one of the concerns, particularly in Sydney and Melbourne, but in in other places as well, is around a lack of facilities that can be used either for racing or for um, kids learn to ride programs or things like that. Um, And cycling, because we're organised into these small groups, uh, small entities, um, it doesn't have a full time person who's doing advocacy and you know banging on the door of government saying cycling needs you know let's say a criterion facility cool. in, in you know somewhere within thirty k's of the centre of Melbourne. So it's more
2: ad hoc, correct? B- yeah.
0: But you compare that to somebody like cricket, and admittedly they're much better funded than we are because they have a big tv deal but they've got a whole team of people who are basically full-time political advocates um yeah who who are sort of talking to local government about getting lights on a cricket ground so it can be used more hours getting some female change facilities all those kinds of things and when you think about um you know some of the the longer term mistakes that you know have been you know made by that group of entities over over the years. One is we've assumed we'd always be able to race on the road, mm. and population growth and things like that have meant that's, you know, that's getting changed. harder and yep. harder. And um, assuming kids would always ride bikes, and again, that's something that cycling needs to fight for because again, because of Increased population, increased cars, you've had a change in the attitude of parents to, to cycling. Like kids used to ride to school all the time. In big cities they often don't now. Um, parents are thought to be irresponsible if they let their kids ride to school. Yeah, I did. So we need those <laughs> kinds them. of we need those kinds of programs. We need, you know, a national learn to ride program. We need an advocacy team that's fighting for facilities so that You know, for instance, kids, women, uh, other groups have facilities that they can use to learn to ride so that, um, you know, the sport can hold its own.
1: What does that mean for the clubs? You know, if we go down to the clubs, would they lose a bit of their power in saying or would they gain power in having their voice heard?
0: I think they they gain power uh, because they'll be direct owners of of Oz Cycling. They will vote for the directors at, at a national level the first time. Um, in, in the near term, there won't be a massive change f- for the clubs on day one. They will continue to, to run their events and deal with local sponsors and things like that. But in the near term, they'll start to get better services because, again, there'll be a, a sharing of, of information. We'll be able to have a, a club and member services team that, you know, for instance, um, could just have a library of standard form materials that people might need to run a club Um, and if they've got a you know a question like i want to put an agreement in place with a local car dealer for for a, um, a sponsorship can you give me a document rather than having to invent something themselves or find a local lawyer who can help them for free here i have this precedent so there's those kinds of things but then at the at the you know the central level Again, if we've got somebody who's thinking about things like advocacy you know, as a full-time role, that person can assist somebody at a, at a local level who's trying to get a local facility up. And then if we're getting more kids on bikes, that will eventually get more kids into clubs.
1: Let's project ourselves at the, the morning after the, the, the results of the uh, of the vote. It doesn't go through. What's next? Uh, look, you still got your job? <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, yes. Yes. Um, look, I think if it, if it doesn't go through, then I do think that that the the activity of cycling in Australia will have missed a significant opportunity. Because again, I just think that we can't afford the the structure that we currently have. Cycling Australia will then still seek to do the best it can by its members, but it will continue to operate within
2: those constraints that exist now. I think the one thing that, I don't think anyone could argue with this is, and it's a, in some ways it's a small thing, but it's an important one. One license, one license to go and race BMX, mountain bike, road, track. It just makes sense. But I can't I, see i the devil's
1: advocate. How many people are actually doing this?
2: Well, there's a few. So that would include cyclocross, I guess. Yep, absolutely. Okay, yeah, there you go. Sense. I know people who do this. So I guess they have actually have to take out two or three. I actually have a good friend who is racing three, mountain bike, cyclocross, and road.
1: But I was more meaning like on a bigger scale, yeah. being the devil's advocate. Yeah. I, like, it's not the general public, not everyone's has well, got kids, free ki- probably kids, kids more okay.
0: more than anyone. Um, I don't think the overlap is massive, but it, it acts. It just acts as a disincentive for kids to be able to try an extra thing as well. I mean, it's maybe you've already got the disadvantage, uh, the disincentive of having to get a different bike. But um, you know, you don't need any extra disincentives by having a clunky system that you have to navigate your way around.
1: Okay. Next question. We are the morning after the the vote. Yep. It goes through. Yep. What's happening? We're and quick. how quickly? Um,
0: so so there's there's 19 votes. So I'm, I'm assuming this is the morning after the 19th vote, but um, we'll, we'll crack on and, and, and do the implementation planning. I mean, one of the questions, we, we expect that, that Cycling would start trading um, sometime within the second quarter of of 2020. Um, The reason for that is there's a certain amount of planning that we've been able to do um, sensibly now, um, but for a number of reasons, including a lack of information um, and also not wanting to spend the money if we're not sure that it's actually going to go ahead, we've left a chunk of the implementation planning to after. So we day after we'll we'll crack on with with doing that
2: you've put out the blueprint to these 19 organizations entities for the ones who aren't convinced have they come back with alternatives with something else that, not, that not
0: anything that's actually been worked through in any detail or a, and can be explained as to why it works anywhere close to as well as we think that our cycling will work I and mean, one of the the Alternate proposals is that there should be um, a a merger of the national organisations and then keep a federated model um, below, and it's it's just not clear to us how that would actually work. Um, for one thing, at the moment, mountain bike is is a unitary a national organisation, so it doesn't have state and territory bodies that you could merge into this sort of federated. Um, alternative so if you rely on uh, on state bodies for your delivery of service um, there's no way for that that merged national body to compel delivery of service through those state entities because they're technically independent they are separate companies and they report to a separate board so it's It doesn't really work, certainly from a mountain bike perspective, they would be asked to merge their people at a national level and then rely on state delivery, for state delivery on people that they don't control. So I just don't quite understand how that alternative works
1: does this also make it uh, simpler to to go ahead in the future with new sports you know we're thinking about e-cycling we're thinking about any other kind of sports that can emerge in the next 5 10 15 years Uh, having one body surely that makes it simpler to to integrate this
0: definitely it does i mean i think the important thing for people to understand is is how clunky the current system is um, and again, the example that, you know, that, that we would use is something like, you know, if you had a, a, a company that, that comes to you and says, okay, I'd like to sponsor all of your junior uh, participation programs. At the moment, I have to get, would have to get 19 people on the phone to discuss that because, um, mm-hmm. you know, one from each of those bodies. That might even take a month just to or tee up that phone call by the time you work the diaries out. And then you have to say, okay, the sponsor wants some data on on these programs. One, do we have it? Do we have it in a consistent fashion? How long does it take to produce? Um, you know, so by the time you get that together, you've you know, it's taken, your sponsors moved on. Exactly, <laughs> they've, they've gone on to, to the sport. AFL or something yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, so that that is a real handicap, and and that kind of um, clunkiness, it does um, impact. Uh, any kind of decision that's needed out of out of the federation, and and it's just less efficient. And and I suppose, um, you know, when we're talking about building a, a designing an organisation to service our members, firstly, if you're starting from a blank sheet of paper, there's no way you would draw 19 legal entities. And and what we're trying to do is have something where the employees are focused on the members, not on internal nonsense.
1: Just to put this into context, do we have examples around the world that are working closely to Australia or made a change? I'm thinking countries like the US or Canada, which are big, which are federated, which are, you know, all, I'm not, t- not necessarily talking about Belgium or France or th- those sort of countries, but are there any similar processes that have been gone through? In the, um, well, I
0: guess the first thing is that uh, for, for the countries of the UCI, most in most of the countries, I think there are only two or three exceptions all of the disciplines are within the one entity in, in, in every given country. Um, I know one exception is the US where BMX is separate. I'm not sure what the other ones are. Um, some of those do have federated structures and some of them you know, work to, to a greater or lesser extent. I won't deny that. But again, I'm not sure that people would necessarily design those structures if they had the opportunity to start from scratch. And, and ultimately If we're going to provide the best possible service for our members, we should ideally have the best and most efficient structure.
1: So surely it's quite interesting because the discussion or debate could be around the fact that the the nature of the sport being so traditionalist, uh, so vintage, inverted comma, is also... The result of the situation we are now today and maybe cycling as a whole needs to transform itself uh, to be a bit more modern modernize itself maybe like afl or the sport uh, cricket has been able to reinvent themselves even to the the core basis of some of their rules
0: yeah look I, i think that i would separate the 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 product from from the organization because nothing's going to change at a BMX race. It's still going to look like a BMX race and a track event will still look like a track event. There are certainly some questions that we need to ask, for instance, about track. And, you know, why don't as many people go and watch it as they why, why is it dying? Yeah, let's <laughs> be honest. A very,
1: that's the debate we had before because track is awesome. Track's brilliant. Yeah. Track is and brilliant. And it, it frustrates
2: me to no end. Absolutely. Uh, that, it, that it's dying. It shouldn't be. Yeah. That's another, that's it. We'll get you in. Next. <laughs> when, when, what have we locked you in for next week? <laughs> no, but I guess it, and we joke about it, but it, it highlights to a degree, doesn't it, back to what we're talking about. And I think that is part of the reason why track cycling has struggled, um, but it's struggling. I mean, I'll, I'll steer that arrow towards the UCI just quietly a little bit. I think they've sterilized it a bit. We're going off track here, but yeah. um. But we're good at this. (laughs) We are we've got to lighten the mood (laughs) somewhere. Oh no, I didn't even mean to do it. Any other questions? No, I think we've I think we've covered it all. All we can say is well, when when is the final vote? Good luck first with it. When are the first votes coming in? I feel like we're on a rolling tally and here. Yeah, and
1: then where can people find more information about this as well?
0: Um, so the, the, the place to find more information is is on the Cycling website, which is oddcycling.com.au So you've
1: got the domain name already. So yeah. Start. yeah, yeah <laughs> Lucky okay. no one else had stolen yeah. it.
0: Um, and uh, the votes start from, uh, I think the first one is the 9th of November. Most of those state-based votes will happen in, in November. Um, and then there'll be uh, a couple of national level ones in december
1: okay thank you steve steve drake from cycling australia thank you thank you Micah. thank you very much <laughs> this was the zwift cycling central podcast uh before we go let me remind you that you can uh, download stream or subscribe to our podcast on our website sbs.com.au slash cycling central or log rides with our friends at zwift until next time it's bye for now
0: before we go a quick shout out to swift the app that turns indoor training into a game getting started is easy you just need your bike a trainer and your pc mac or apple device with training plans interval workouts group rides and a global community to motivate you level up and become a stronger rider give people a ride on and you're sure to get one back as together you enjoy the massive benefits of social indoor
2: training go to swift.com today for your free trial